So last week, uh, Pastor Noah was up here, and in front of this pulpit, he had a whole bunch of empty containers or containers that leftovers go into, and he talked about that. And, you know, it really struck something inside of me. I hope it did for you if you were here. Uh, if you weren't, um, I would even recommend you going back and watching it online. If you go to YouTube, you can see it. But I thought he said a lot of really good things, and I am going to kind of continue in that mode a little bit, not so much the leftovers, but today I want to talk about our, our title today is Fan into Flame. I want my heart to be on fire for the Lord. I want my life to be on fire for the Lord, and, and I believe that's probably what the majority of people's attitudes are in here. And uh, I sometimes I wonder if we struggle at how do we do that? How do we keep that going? So in, in my preparation, I went ahead and got out my, uh, well, I actually used a computer to help me out with my computerized uh, library, if you will, because there's so many great tools out there anymore. And I use this thing called Logos, which I just love, and it, and it really helps. But I started looking up the heart. And I found that in the New International Version, there's the heart is registered in, in Scripture 500 plus times. I said, oh, that's not going to work. I don't have time to go through 500. So then I looked it up in the King James, and it's over 800 times. <laughs> so what I then did is I went to Easton's Bible Dictionary. And I'm going to read you a few things that it says here about the heart, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. It says, the word heart is a common metaphor. In English, heart often represents someone's emotions. And when we say that someone has a heart of stone, well, I don't think that we mean that this blood-pumping organ has mineralized. We mean that he is unmoved by emotional appeals. And then it went on to say, when an ancient Israelite used the word heart metaphorically, he was thinking of the center of someone's soul, the place where he makes all his decisions and experiences all his emotions. The heart was the location of one's will and intellect. Therefore, when the Bible commands us to love something with all our hearts, it means loving with everything that we have inside. Love the Lord. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And as I began to look at this and began to try to always categorize that, I just like, ah, it's everything, right? We understand that. I think we all understand that. But if he just said, love the Lord your God with everything inside of you, I think we'd all say, oh, I do that. I do that. But I think when he starts breaking it down, mind, heart, soul, strength, all these things. So then when we heard last week, and this is the one scripture verse that really kind of pummeled me a little bit last week, over the last weeks as I've been working on this and praying and, and asking what to do. Isaiah 29, 13 was a scripture that Pastor Noah used, and it says, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. 
And so I really began to think about that. I really began to get a little bit more introspective and really been just working on it all this week in my own mind and in my own heart, this, this place where all this stuff sits. And there has been times, and I won't even say that it hasn't been like a long time ago. It may have even been a little bit more recently if I have to be truthfully, brutally honest with myself is the way I want to say it. Do I sometimes just go by rote? And I, I like the New Living Translation because it ends the end of verse 13 by saying, man-made rules learned by rote, which means kind of like behaviors, thoughts. We kind of just do things because it's the way it's always been done. So why do you show up every Sunday morning? Well, you know what? I got brought here as a kid, and it's been pretty well ingrained into me. And it's almost like on Sunday morning, it's an automatic thing. My car starts heading down the freeway. I get in it, and it takes me to church. Sometimes it's kind of the mindset that, that gets there. And it's one of those convicting things of the people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. They, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're maybe even saying the right thing, but the Lord is like, but their hearts have not been engaged like I want. And, and Jesus repeated this when he was talking with the religious people, when he was talking with the Pharisees and the elders in, these, in the temple. In Matthew 15, you can read it, and it's the exact same words. That they honor me with or their mouth and their lips. They say the right things. They do the right behaviors, but their, their hearts are far from me. And in that case, they spent their time kind of ruling it over others. But these verses speaks to a people that had chosen other loyalties besides honoring God and all that they did. What they wanted to do is they wanted to be more important in man's eyes. So they, they began to order things and they began to do things and they, they made a bunch of man-made rules. And they began to sound very religious. They began, they continued to act very religious in their ways of doing things. But their love of God, their love of the Lord, the Savior, the King of Kings, all these things began to get cold or their hard hearts began to show up. Their thoughts and their decisions were kind of bent away from God. Maybe in today's vernacular, we might say that the Israelites worship, but their hearts weren't in it. They weren't, their hearts weren't in it. They, they maybe did it for the reasons that they had, but their, their hearts weren't in it. And so as I'm reflecting on this, and I began to just ask the Lord and, and began to work, and, and I, I, this question began to bother me. Is it wrong to be off for a day? Not to be on fire for every minute that I'm alive? Is it all right to not be exuberant for Jesus every single minute? Because I don't have to even tell you, being honest with you, I don't do that. And I don't know where you sit, but I'm sure it's kind of the same. 
I want to be better. I want to do better. And with the Lord's help and through his mercy, I believe I will become better. Because it began to dawn on me that we all have downtimes and we all have uptimes, right? That's just a reality. There are things that, that are really more of a struggle at times and other times it doesn't seem to be so much of a struggle. Sometimes we are just physically exhausted. Other times we might just be emotionally exhausted. We can be overwhelmed. We can be overwhelmed by the circumstances in this life, of life. And, and I heard this statement the other day, and it, as I, it was probably a bad day for me to hear this statement because my heart got a little bit stony, if you will. Their, their actions don't match their heart. I mean, they really have a good heart. And my first thought was, only if it's converted. <laughs> Which I do believe that that's true. Here's a scripture that I found in Genesis 8, verse 21. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all the living creatures as I have done. Now, I could feel like that, that could be a whole sermon in and of itself, and I'm not going to spend all my time on that verse. Because you then have Jeremiah 17, 9 that says, our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can really know it? But for today, and what I want to do, I want to spend my time maybe on this scripture for a moment. James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I began to start thinking, oh, all of a sudden I've moved my heart into a place of I was judging these people or I was having this attitude. I still don't believe that just because you do something good means that you have a good heart overall. I think we could do things. I think we can be kind. I, I, I really believe that being kind is the way the Lord has kind of designed us to be in our own ways. But you know what? In our own ways and left to ourselves, we begin to move more towards the evil side that isn't honoring him all the time. It's only worrying to make sure we feel good all the time. So I'm not a really big fan of that phrase, oh, they, they really have a good heart. How about, let's just say their motives were good or their, their outcome was a very nice thing to do, but was their heart really good? Because the Lord's like, man, from the very beginning, the human heart can have a lot of evil in it. So we need to come near to our God and he'll come near to us when we wash our hands, when we purify our hearts. So as I was planning this and looking and saying, Lord, what do I do with all these different things? And there's, there can be so many different thoughts. And I just, I just couldn't help but start fanning the flame. And I remember Pastor Pat, before even COVID hit, he, he brought a message to us. 
I think it was back in 2019 when he was talking about, let's fan into flame the gifts that God has given us, the, the type of person that we are. And I want this to be who I am, no matter how bad the circumstances get or how tired I may, I may get, whatever. Lord, I want to be at a point where I am honoring to you and I want to be standing before you and I want your name to be high and lifted up when people encounter me. So the first thing that I thought of as, as Noah talked about these leftovers and these different things, and that scripture, even though every inclination of the human heart really, really got in. So I have to say my first point today. My first point for you today is check your inclination. What is your heart inclined to? So what does that really mean? What, what are you oriented to? What, what is your orientation when we're talking about your ear and your heart and your mind and all these different things, is there a resistance in your heart towards things of the Lord? Because maybe things didn't go the way that you thought they should. Wait a minute. I prayed for that, Lord, and that didn't result the way that I wanted it. Lord, I did this really nice thing over here, but how come that didn't seem to pay off over here? Because that's not the way I'm being treated. See, the flesh begins to pull at us. And we begin to start having a clash of wants in our life. And this inclination, I, it, it, it's what we lean into to listen to. It's what we, we kind of lean into to hear, especially if we're reading in Scripture, if we're, we're looking to the Lord. We want to listen to, incline your ear. There's, you can look up. That can be a whole word study for you, too. Inclining. There's inclining your ear. or his, He inclines his ear to us. But there's also inclining our hearts to him. We're going to talk about one of those in just a minute, but I, I had to sit back and say, and I, and I was hearing some different things, and one of the things I heard is, well, I, I love Jesus, but I like to watch this stuff because it makes me laugh. Or, or I, I really love Jesus, but, you know, these things kind of still draw me. Well, I, I get that because there is that flesh side, but we've got to start looking. Where is my heart inclined to listen to? What is my heart inclined to hear? Because if I'm just watching something because it makes me laugh, then I'm really pleasing my flesh at that point. Because there's a lot of things that can be very funny and laughter is great. And I believe he gave us laughter. He created that emotion of laughter in us. Scripture even tells us that laughter can be like a medicine that does good to a heart, right? You can have these things. We need all that. And I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's in the context that it's being brought that we have to be careful and we have to really watch. Others might say, well, yeah, well, I do love Jesus, but I really like it when people respect me. Or I like impressing others. And then I have to just stop and say, wait a minute. Is that more important than inclining my ear to him and honoring him with all that I'm saying, with all that I'm doing? Because, see, our, our hearts can have a tendency, as we learn, to get harder. To get to a point where we're more worried about me than him. And that's where I would say that's when the fires begin to die down inside of us. The fire begins to die down, and 
I, I was just speaking with the Thursday service a couple weeks ago, and one of the things we were talking about is what lions will do. And there was four points, and one of the points is, it, 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 you know, I guess it's kind of a, not a real truth that the animals are totally fearful of fire. So as long as you got fire, you're not going to get attacked if you're out in the middle of the savanna or, or whatever else. Now, they don't like fire because fire is not natural in the kingdom of animals, right? And when, when humans do that, that's a, that is a human thing, and they understand and they've learned that that's where humans are. So they do have the tendency to stay away. But one of the things that I have learned is that the lions will still kind of march around and they'll still kind of look. And, and as soon as that fire goes out, that's a sign for them to make movement. And if we've got an enemy that roams around, roaring and seeking whom he may devour, just waiting for that fire to die down a little bit. And now that fire may only be an ember or maybe altogether gone. I just want to say, check your inclination. The reason the fire goes out is because we, I just don't believe that we trust him in the way that we should. I don't believe that we're following him. We're not listening to what he has us to say. Joshua 24, verse 23. And this comes out of the New King James Version. It says, now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Let me read it out of a different version, a second version, the, the contemporary English version. It says this, Joshua said, but you still have some idols like those other nations worship. Get rid of your idols. You must decide once and for all that you really want to obey the Lord God of Israel. I just like the way that it's said there, that you have to make a decision. Are you going to obey what the Lord's word says? Are you going to obey what you're hearing through the word of the Lord? Are you going to obey what maybe in your times of prayer, oh, let the, let the Holy Spirit begin to work on you and start working inside of you and speaking inside of you and you're hearing these different things, but then we maybe just kind of cast them away because you know what? I've got things to do. I'm busy. I have these things. And all of a sudden, I had to start saying, maybe some of these things have become idols for me. Busyness can be an idol. Always having to do something else can be an idol. And I don't want that. So what is your heart inclined to? Number two, Confess your sin or confess your infidelity. Now, some of you might be questioning the term infidelity here. But in view of the scripture that we read out of Isaiah 29, I think the word infidelity can fit here because infidelity is typically turning from one that you've given your heart to, to something else now. We talk about it in the, in the course of a marriage and different things like that, but I want to talk about it in the course of here, what we're doing with the Lord, turning from him to just anything else. And all of a sudden, I think that word infidelity kind of, kind of fits. And, and here was a statement that I had to put together that, that I feel is something that I have to be conscientious of and cautious of on a regular basis. Here's my statement. Am I comforting myself by wasting time on something else? 
Am I comforting myself by wasting time on something else? And I'll even tell you, I'll stand here today saying I'm being checked by that on a regular basis. Am I wasting time on something else rather than spending my time with him or and what I do? And you know what? Sometimes you can get so busy doing so many things as unto people or whatever else that we're not even doing as unto the Lord anymore. We're just going out because it's just the thing that we think we have to do. And we almost move more into a category of I'm going to earn this more than I'm going to accept the free gift of what he's given me in salvation. I'm going to continue to earn it as I go along. Am I comforting myself by wasting time on something else? Number three. in ways that I think we could keep fanning this flame. Watch your inclination. What are you inclining your ear to, your heart toward? Rather, I should say your heart. Fess your sin or the infidelity of what that is by bringing something into the place that he deserves. And number three, celebrate your salvation. Celebrate your salvation. Be grateful for what he's given us. Be thankful for it. Thanks connects us to our Lord. Thanks will connect us to our Lord. Find find a way for yourself. I think we all have to begin to work to find a way that will help us come to a place where it helps us to be grateful for what he's done for us. Let me give you some examples. Maybe, Maybe you'll understand what I'm saying by celebrate the salvation. Maybe it's, I've heard it from different ways. I've heard it from, some like to just get in their car and go and they'll just drive. And then they, they, they shut the radio off and they just spend that time now just driving and talking to the Lord because that's just something that they enjoy. So, so maybe that's one thing. Maybe it's that. Or, or maybe for you, it's getting in the shower and, and hoping that your praises just continue to ring out. Maybe you do a lot of singing in the shower or whatever. I remember a gentleman years ago, one of the men I kind of looked up to at that time, and he's, he has since passed away, but he says, I'll just get in my shower. He said, I actually have him build a seat in my shower so I could just be in the shower praising the Lord and, and thanking him for all that he's done for me. It's an expensive way to do it, but you make the choice. How about getting out in nature? How many hunters do we have in the room? You know, how many hunters will say, oh, man, do I connect with the Lord when I get out there? And matter of fact, I've heard some of them say, I don't even, I don't even care if I shoot something. There's just something being up when the sun rises. And I'm out there and it's just me and nature. I'm out there with my God and he's speaking to me and I feel so very close to him. For others, it might be through a, a sensory type of thing. It could be through going down and and seeing art or going out and seeing, being in a special place where music is being played, the different types of music. It can even be a smell that could take you to place. What else? How about traditions, you know? Some people could feel close to God by going out and touring. And I've heard some go out and tour different church buildings and they see the different ways that certain people built things, different things like that. And it just makes them feel close. What have you found that makes you feel closer to the Lord and gets you to a spot where you're thankful and have this 
attitude of gratitude for the salvation that he has given you. We need to practice that on a regular basis. And I would say reading the Bible, but you know what? That should just go without saying, because that word of God is the way that he speaks to us. If you're here today and you're saying, I'm just not sure if I know how to hear from the Lord of God, the Lord's voice, then I believe you need to get into the word of God that much more, because that's how he speaks to us. That's how he truly speaks to us. So in all of this celebrating your salvation, yes, reading the word is good, but that is kind of one of those things that should be without discussion (laughs) because that's the source of our hope, the source for our life. Number four, and it goes along the same idea of celebrating your salvation, get yourself to a point where you can soak in the scriptures. God's heart is ultimately revealed through Jesus. And as you read scripture, ask him, help me, help me to encounter you today as I read these words. I just don't want to read these words. And you know, if you're, if you're putting yourself on a reading plan and stuff, I understand it can get struggle at time when you get into certain books and certain things. But I'll tell you what, if we do it with the attitude of Lord, let me see you in this today. I believe even in the book of Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and some of these things that maybe get a little bit repetitious, you know, with Second Kings, and you can find him in it. Ask him to begin to reveal it to you. I skipped over a scripture for the last point. Let me go back to that. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives you life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That goes back to this celebration thing. Let him set you free to celebrate that. Soak in the scriptures, this fourth one that I just said, God's heart. Here's just a quick little bitty scripture out of 1 John 4.19. And it says, we love him because he first loved us. See, the more that I get to know him, I believe the deeper I've learned to love him. And I think that's the same with any any natural relationship that you've had. How do you get to know somebody? By spending time with them. And when you spend time with somebody, yeah, sometimes you get to see some of the ugly stuff too, right? You know, the more you're around somebody, you know, when you, I just, I'll go back to my marriage. My wife had no idea what she was getting into. I had no idea what I was truly getting into. We saw all those things in our, our dating and our courting and all that time and through that relationship. And even though it was a multiple year thing, oh Lord, did we not know what we were truly getting into with each other? Because you know, we always do that in our relationship times. We, we do our best to put that foot forward. And I'm a crummy husband because, you know, I did all these things for her when we were dating and when I got married. I don't still do all those things for her. And it's like, why not? Oh, well, because I got married to her. So it should just be different now. But it's like soaking. He loved us first. And so as I, as I look at that failure that I feel like I have that I still have to work on, 
I could see this too. He loved me first. I didn't go out and find this God and decide to make. No, he was drawing me. He was calling me. He was bringing me in. But see, the difference is it's not like the way I dated my wife. He stays at that place where he's drawing me to him and he still treats me that same way every time. Because he first loved me and all my junk and all my stuff. He loved me. So the more that I get to know him, the more that I realize my love is getting deeper and deeper into him. I think of that old Bill Gaither song. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And I just think of a, a kid and a parent relationship. And I, not, I know not everyone's had a great relationship there. but I'm going to put it in this place of God our Father and we're his kid. Just as if I as a father would do anything for my own kid. What will my father, what did my father do for me? He loved me so much more. He gave his only son. Even when I wasn't looking for it. Number five. Serve with him, not just for him. Don't let your service unto the Lord become a duty. Be the witness that he called you to be. He gave you his Holy Spirit to make you win. I think I can't help but get past, I don't have this for for the screens, but Acts 1.8. But you will receive the Holy Spirit. But you will receive, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us in our life and to be his witnesses. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And listen to this. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, he doesn't expect you to just go out and do this service for him. He wants to be engaged and he's going to be engaged with you, with me, and he's going to be serving with us when we do this. So we're doing it unto him and he is with us, strengthening, empowering, and making these things happen as we serve him. Then John 20, verses 21 and 22. Kind of the great commission only in what John said. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I think these are different things. When we practice these type of things, they will keep our heart flamed up, 
Keep that fire burning. Keep that. We don't want it to just go to embers. We want those embers burning. We want those things stirring up inside of us because we have to be the light to this world and we can see the things that are going on. What's going on over in the, the Middle East right now is not, I'm not even going to say it's crazy. It is crazy. But you know what? It's not anything that we should be shocked by. Because the Lord said it's going to be wars and there's going to be rumors of wars and these things are going to come. Before I come back, these things are going to happen. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's only going to happen here in the United States. No, it's going to happen over there. I believe that with all my heart. And what's going on? I'm not trying to stand up here today and say he's coming back tomorrow. But he could. (laughs) Right now. He could. Are we ready for that? Are we prepared? Are we stirred in our hearts? Have we inclined our heart unto him to listen to what he has for us? I hope that we continue to do that. And in doing all of that, in inclining, I think we need to confess the things that keep us maybe from following him without wasting time. And as we do that, let's celebrate our salvation. Let's get into his word. Let's get into the scripture and let that continue to keep our heart having that fan just blowing over it and making that flame bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger because then no matter what comes our way, we're gonna be ready to serve him. And as we serve him, knowing that when we serve him, he is serving with us. We're not just doing it unto him. He's there with us through every step of it. I hope that will continue to keep that fan or that flame burning in your heart. Fan it or or let the flame be burning unto you, Lord, in all this way. Fan into flame. What I'm trying to say. (laughs) Will you stand with me tonight, today, this morning? Father, we've been through a large range of emotions in this church over the last couple weeks. Lord, how we've hurt through death, especially death of a baby. Lord, what we've seen go on in the Middle East, between Israel and Hamas. And Lord, I think we can see how awful man's heart can become when we begin to hear the different stories. And Father, so as emotionally, I believe that this is a congregation that's had very deep hurts, very deep situations. Father, I want to pray for them right now. Father, I want to just pray that, Lord, through your word, through your your support, through helping each other as we, we talk to our friends, as we talk to our loved ones, as we talk to church members, Lord God, that, that we would continue to strengthen and encourage and build each other up, oh Lord God. I just pray that you will help us to incline our heart to you and what you have for us, to bend in. I, I I ask that you help us. And Lord, if there's any hearts that are in here today that are are broken, that are devastated, that are, are not seeing the goodness of the Lord in their life at this time, that Lord God, they would take time 
Oh, Lord, that they would take time to bend their knee and come before you and, and confess that, Lord, because there's so much good to our confession, to us opening up our mouth and making that confession unto you. It doesn't even have to be to somebody else. It can just be to you. And you will meet them. I believe with all my heart that you will meet them. We give you the praise, Lord God. We give you the glory this day. In Jesus' mighty and precious name I pray. Amen.